You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. I'm Tyler, I'm a three. That's... It's throwing off the groove here. Sorry, I'm crime weaver. Okay, there you, you can go. be a three and a crime weaver. <laughs> Threes are pretty good at crimes. They're pretty good at crimes. I'm Gordy, the man about town, but not that man about town. <laughs> Thank you, Dom. There was another Dom. good, good, timely one that I'm going to do. I'm going to do two titles this week, just because it's, it's time sensitive. It is time sensitive. I mean, it'll be a few days. It'll be a past. week. It'll be a the, week. The saga past, will have but, ended, but yeah, just just because of our recording schedule. But Trisha Voda on. Twitter sent in raccoon stuck on a window ledge. I just wanted to call that one out because it is it is relevant right now. It's my favorite Tennessee Williams play. <laughs> I hope it comes down safely for anyone who has been following the raccoon saga. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't end in tears. I hope not. <laughs> Might have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Someone else do it. What the, the show pitch? Yeah, the elevator pitch. Yeah, let me let me hear it back. You want me to repeat what you say every week? No, I want you to do it. Yeah, you elevator pitch. Give me, the show. give me. Let's let's workshop the elevator pitch. I okay. have to do it at shows all the time. What? I have to do it at like conventions and stuff all the time. Your what do people respond to? Do you do focus groups there? Sort of. How many times have you been punched? None times. So it's going pretty well. I was awkwardly hugged once. That's mm, maybe gonna, too well. That's gonna happen <laughs> regardless. I think it's just sort of the the state of things. I was awkwardly hugged once this year. This is what the folklore. Every week, the three of us are going to read a fairy tale. Carmen's probably going to read it. Sometimes it's one of us. But we're going to read a fairy tale. We've never heard it before. Hopefully you haven't. We're going to talk about it. We're going to make some laughs. We're going to do some jokes. And then we're going to fix it. Fix it right up. <laughs> Squeaky clean. Continuing the oral tradition. Yeah. You look like you're no, taking a no test. Right, no right or wrong answers. They're just like I. I say it every week. I just. I want to. I want to hear it. I want to see how it lands on me. Yeah. How to feel? I want to. I want to be pitched. Pitched to sometimes. I mean, literally, is what it's mystery yeah. science theater for fairy tales. Yeah. It is. It That's is the that. easiest way to say it. That is the concise way. Anyway. Yep. That's what we do. Um. I believe we have a sponsor this week. We do have a sponsor. A Patreon sponsor. An executive producer, as we have deemed them. Uh, this week it is Whisper Biscuit, Still. or specifically, I am the Whisper Biscuit. Still an excellent now, name. Now, did did Whisper Biscuit specify that name? No, that's just how it is written on Patreon. Okay, so, but yeah, they're... technically, yes, they did specify. Okay, it. I mean, in that they just, typed it. I'm just wondering, like, if there was a further, like, was there a double down Mm-mm. on Whisper Biscuit? Well, it was bold. They somehow f- found a way to make it bold. Okay. That is sort of a double down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have deemed them Arn Thompson type uh, 1626 dream bread. Dream bread. You're our dream bread. Whisper biscuit. I do. I do dream about bread sometimes because I'm not eating it right now. I dream specifically about biscuits. All day I dream about bread. A deba. <laughs> a d. A d dub. A, d- a d dab. I did a dab. <laughs> Adidas. I'm completely lost. Mm-hmm. Adidas, all day I dream about soccer. Is that true? I don't, I don't know. Or is that just a thing people I mean, that's said the when one they that were I heard 14? as a child? Yeah, that's that's what I was told, <laughs> but I have, I have never fact-checked it. 
I've never felt the need to. Yeah. It was good enough for me. Yeah. All right. I have no idea what you guys are talking Ad- about. Adidas. Boy no. things, the, apparently. The, the company Adidas. Yeah. They make like sports stuff. Yeah, some it shoes is, or something. Yeah, what well, is spelled A D I D A S. Uh-huh. And the the, the the childhood colloquialism was that that stood for all day I dream about soccer. Uh-huh. Not not sports. I, I was told soccer specifically. I also heard soccer. This was at a soccer camp, so there was probably some bias. I was at baseball, so it didn't fucking matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could have said sports and it would have made more sense. All right. Yeah, the only camps I went to were for like cleaning horse poop and existing on top of oysters while learning about fish. All day you dream about manure. Uh, I'd clean up a lot of shrimp off the ground at camp. Off the ground? Is shrimp a euphemism for horseshit? What are they what are the shrimp doing on the ground? Um scuttling. I think I've talked about this before at the the Duke Tip uh, marine lab camp yeah. thing. Uh we've did some trawling through the ocean for invertebrates because that's they were rehabilitating turtles and there's a limit to how many vertebrates you can have on a like campus. For what is the purpose. limit? Excuse me, like 200, but they had a bunch of baby turtles. There's so a like, vertebrate limit, <laughs> yeah, for like research Why? facilities because conservation. Okay, um, <laughs> so they, okay, they that were makes some sense. they were hatching sea turtles also for conservation and they rescued a beach dolphin, so like they had to keep their vertebrate numbers low so that if more beached animals came to the surface they so could you were them. you so, were evicting shrimp <laughs> well those are invertebrates so we could take, ran, they, we ran, could take the shrimp back you ran some kind of shrimp we, slum <laughs> we had to put the fish back in the ocean from whence they came but the shrimp we put in a bucket and we split bucket duty where we watch the shrimp because shrimp have a tendency to just launch themselves harry carry out of the bucket so you, were, so you were a chum lord. Yeah, so you yeah. pick up the shrimp <laughs> and you put them back in the bucket and sometimes they hit you in the mouth so you keep your mouth very closed <laughs> that is through this process. And in, in the morning, when you come back into the lab, you go check by the flow tanks where the shrimp live with all the other invertebrates like the crabs and stuff. Uh-huh. And you pick the ones off the floor that have survived and put them back in the water where they belong. And the ones that don't? You feed to the crabs. Not to you? No. I find that my mouth is where I want shrimp. <laughs> Not when they're alive and like kind of this brownish. Well, you said some panic. of them were dead. <laughs> yeah, eat so. those ones. Sushi shrimp. Sure. This uh, is a this is a very roundabout way of saying thank you, Whisper Biscuit, <laughs> for sponsoring the program. Boy, is that what we were still talking about? All right, so. We are going back to India today at the, Sweet. at the behest of Alicia Mosby, who is sending us to read the tale Life's Secret. Oh, I could use this. Which is a Bengali tale. Seems, yeah, seems very valuable to just give away for free in some book. Uh, and then later on the internet <laughs> via audio. Yeah, we should, uh, we should maybe put this behind a paywall. Is there any way to put a waiver in a... Like audio? We say the waiver. By, by continuing to listen, you agree what? Hello, listeners. We're updating our privacy policy. You've seen a lot of these notifications, probably. It was only a matter of time. We so don't... The, the secret of life? Yeah. Life secret? Life secret. It's vision boards. Did you just spoil the story? Yeah. Well, All right. See you next week. <laughs> Guess it. we're done. That's it, huh? Put your dreams on a vision board. Cut them out of magazines. Glue them up. Put them in your room. Look at them. Secret. The vision board will make it all come true. But who's the main character? You. <gasps> this is getting intense. <laughs> all right. Uh, so this... 
Life Secret is sourced from folk tales of the of Bengal by the Reverend Lal Bihari Day. Uh, this was originally copyrighted in 1883 and then reprinted in 1912 with some beautiful watercolor illustrations by Warwick Goebel. You should look him up. He's a good artist. Um, this was this particular version of this book I sourced from the Project Gutenberg, which is an excellent online resource for folk tales. Like they've got HTML versions of a lot of the books, so you can go look at the things that are in public domain there and read full text versions. We'll probably dip back into this book at some point. I've saved it for later. Uh, so thank you, Alicia, for sending us to find life's secret. Thank you for the suggestion. Thank you, Alicia. It'll change us deep down. Thank you, Whisper Biscuit. Thank, thank you, you, Whisper, Whisper Biscuit. Biscuit. All right, you two ready? I'm ready. Yeah. I'm prepared. It doesn't matter whether I am or not. It's, it's happening. Coming. That's what I've learned. That's the secret. It's <laughs> the secret to life. Ready or not. <laughs> Let it wash over you. <laughs> it's going to happen to you. Once there was a king with two queens, Duo and Suo, who were both childless. Um, and as a side note, in Bengali folktales, the kings invariably have two queens. The elder is named Duo, which means not loved, and the younger is Suo, which is yes, loved. That's a... That's harsh. I don't know if that would be like their their given names in real life so much as it's the folktale shorthand for this is the sucky one and this is the good one. I was going to say, like, if, if that there's is... There's a reason there's two of them. If that is her real name, that is either, like, her parents just did not have high expectations <laughs> for her or... <laughs> Yeah, or the came, king like just really wants to make it clear how he feels. Yeah, she came out real colicky, and the parents are like, "Yeah, you're gonna be a king's first disappointment before he finds the right one." Like, this is yeah, it's it's not going good for you. What are what are our funds looking like these days? Funds yeah. with a D. Yeah, funds. Yeah, on the old PayPal. Um, is it? An, let me let me start with my question, and you can walk okay. me back from there. Okay. Is it enough to buy a racehorse and name it King's First Disappointment? <laughs> I mean, how much can a racehorse cost? I don't know. And is and is getting like a fixer upper an option? I mean, it doesn't have to be a good one. In and, fact, and, it's probably better if it isn't because it's a, named King's First Disappointment. <laughs> that that was my question. Next question: Do you want to do you want one that can win? Can you enter it any horse? It could be horse? a donkey painted like Hold horse. Hold on. No, I have a question. Can you enter any horse into a race? I don't know. I've never I don't know enough like, about the world of horse racing. Like of any age or breed or whatever. Can you enter two people in a horse costume into a race? Because like we could get a horse. Could I draw a picture of a horse and throw it <laughs> in a paper airplane? <laughs> That they might have a problem with. With a little army man as the jockey. But like we could, like we could get a horse, right? We could get our hands on a horse, and if you can enter any horse... <laughs> I believe between the three of us, we have the capabilities to put hands on a horse. Yeah, at least temporarily. <laughs> and I think we could enter that horse into a race mm -hmm. if awesome. we're not concerned with it winning. If you know of any services that just let people name horses for jockeys who maybe have run out of ideas... Let us know. We can hook them up. Would it be easier to put a horse or to put a race around a horse? I think there are like none horses in this story, so maybe we should move forward. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't recall a horse showing up at all. Well, you just named one. That's all. Keep my eyes out for a horse, though. All right. So two, one, two wives. Two wives. One sucks. One's not sucky. Mm -hmm. Neither have kids. It's a real bummer. So both sucky. Yeah. Right now, both sucky. One's just more insufferably so. <laughs> 
Uh, so one day, a fakir, who is a religious beggar, they live only on alms, uh, comes by, and the Suo queen goes out with a handful of rice for him. She's a good one. Uh, he, I can see why. He asks her before he takes the rice if she has any children, and when she says no, he refuses to take the rice because the hands of a woman unblessed with child are ceremonially unclean. What is the logic there? Don't know, because I, I know parents. I interact with them daily. I yeah. feel like they get dirtier. Yeah, kids are like sticky factories. <laughs> I, I, I suspect, and this might be a good disclaimer for the rest of the story, there are some cultural uh, origins here that we are not familiar with. In all likelihood, yeah. So we, yeah. And just, there, there can also be some translation issues as or, well. Cause or this translation. Was translated in the 1800s. So... So we, we are taking this purely by the text at hand. Yes. Um, so the fakir offers her a drug to remove the barrenness That's... that she suffers from. And I'd like to pause here. If both wives do not have children, the barrenness might not be with her. I was going to say. I would say it almost certainly isn't. If both wives cannot have a baby, there's a common denominator. It's not them. <laughs> um, so he, he gives her this uh, this drug with like the standard drug disclaimers and instructions that you find on every commercial for drugs in America, which is also a weird concept that we have those. Is the drug a different husband? Uh, <laughs> it is some kind of pill. Is, is the drug just a better D? <laughs> it's some kind of pill that she has to take with the juice of a pomegranate flower, and in the standard amount of sun-bearing time, she will have one. A son, so nine months. Oh. So this isn't going to like accelerate the birth process like a lot of these magical baby solutions do. I don't know why, but when you said sun bearing, I was imagining like just standing out, like arms outstretched, photosynthesizing in the watching, sun. You've been playing too much Dark Souls. That's probably true. All right, um, this this boy is going to be super hot. I don't doubt it. Like sexiest son you could imagine. This boy is going to be pomegranate hot. He is going to be pomegranate hot because he will have the complexion like the color of a pomegranate flower mm-hmm. that's what you're looking for in, in a sun yeah <laughs> like, yeah how pomegranate is this boy <laughs> your criteria on tinder be to provide me a pomegranate sun <laughs> how pomegranate are your genes i'm i'm saying that like dating apps should probably just ask for that mm-hmm. or you should be able to sort people by pomegranateness I'm searching for someone who's just like pure dragon fruit. Pure dragon fruit. Mm-hmm. I think there should be one metric on dating sites, and it should be net worth of a Yu-Gi-Oh collection. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only thing you should have to filter. I agree because that is a useful filter in that it could, like, you could be looking for either end of that spectrum. Yes, that's up to you. <laughs> yeah, you might you might want like, yeah, you have a very valuable collection, or you have nothing, and that is what that's I'm what interested. I'm <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to hear about anime bullshit. All, all I'm really of, glad I met Eric before you guys redid dating sites. <laughs> all of all of humanity exists somewhere on the Yu-Gi-Oh spectrum. All right, so because he's going to have the complexion like a pomegranate flower, you're going to name him Dalim Kumar, which means pomegranate sun. Because enemies are going to try to take the life of your son, let me just like calm you down on that because the life of this boy that you're going to have is going to be bound up in the life of a big bullfish in your tank. And a bull is a kind of a catfish. And in the fish's heart, there's a box of wood. And in the box is a necklace of gold. And in the necklace is the life of your son. What? Okay, bye. They keep it where? Is this men in black? Sure. The cat necklace? Where is it? 
The life is in the gold necklace. Where's the necklace? In a box. Yeah, but where's where's all the stuff? In a fish's heart. Yeah. In a tank. Outside the palace. Out it's where? been there the whole time. Like where though? Just like at the front. Like in a garden? Yeah. Or in inside the walls? I think it's at the it's at the front of the palace. Like I, I so want to picture the scene. Probably right outside, you know, where you would put your your dead animal moat. Has this has the box always been there or did the drugs do it? I think the drugs <laughs> maybe did it. Created the box as well. Did the fish do the drugs? Or or maybe maybe the heart like the life existed in this fish's heart and it just needed a boy body to be attached to. I don't know. I don't know the mechanics of this. The man explains that her, she's going to have a kid. His life is in a necklace and a box and a fish. And then he leaves. I don't know why that, but that just sounded so precious to me. <laughs> like, this boy's life is in the heart of a fish. <laughs> yeah. It's always been in the heart of the fish. Okay, bye. Like he he says farewell and he walks away after uh, dropping this knowledge bomb. Uh, so after about a month or so since this encounter, the rumors started whispering about that Suo was pregnant, and the king was joyful to hear this and caught up in visions of having an heir and a never-ending succession of kings perpetuating his dynasty to the end of time, and this made him super happy. They're big into it. Um, the usual ceremonies for such occasions were celebrated. Everyone was super excited about the prince. And in the fullness of time, Suo gives birth to an uncommonly beautiful boy. So the other way, factor in. Yeah. Is she the enemy? Dalim Gordy, she's the enemy. <laughs> that was as good as a confession. <laughs> Dalim Kumar, the pomegranate son, grows yes. up to be a fine boy. But a, a fine boy. Yeah, literally. A pomegranate boy. He's got that pomegranate allure to him. Pomegranates made Persephone stay with Hades, so you know they're good. <laughs> That's what he tells all the ladies. <laughs> um, but of all the sports he could possibly play, the one he was the most addicted to was playing with pigeons. Ye- yes. My favorite sport. <laughs> Pigeons? I was, was going to confirm, confirm you did say pigeons. I, I did say. As a sport. I now, do they mean say. like racing pigeons? Just playing with pigeons. I don't know what the rules of this sport are. I think I played this sport when I was three and four. Where you just run after pigeons? Yeah, because we would go uh, walk around a little lake by mm-hmm. my grandmother's house and there would be there are a lot of pigeons there because people like throw bread and stuff to the ducks and sometimes to pigeons i guess yeah don't do that bread's real bad for them well it happened those ducks are dead now what they were gonna be dead though <laughs> dead dead what because of bread well yeah but also probably time well a the, combination of the those two. those specific ducks are definitely dead <laughs> bread, bread plus time, time equals dead just a pile of dead ducks <laughs> They had like a little, they said, they would say, they said you shouldn't use bread because there's like a little thing you could like pay a quarter and get like a cup of duck feed. Anyway, the point is that there are pigeons there Mm -hmm. and I would like yell and run into the cloud of them and scare them all off. Yeah, that's And you were never lifted away to their kingdom. I do not recall having ever visited the pigeon kingdom. (laughs) You were not chosen to be a king. I get, I mean, I'm not a king. So yeah, that does track. What is this pigeon sport? There's no description. It is he's addicted to it though. <laughs> he's addicted to It is just yelling he, he and running a, at them. He is a pigeon addict. Is it his fantasy league? <laughs> Every day he has to check the stats on the pigeon matches. It is Hatoful Boyfriend. He goes to espigen.com. 
It is it is the first game of a Hatoful boyfriend. But pomegranate boy. Yeah. But real pigeons. I wouldn't call maybe it's an esport. Hatoful boyfriend. It gets it gets harder and harder to determine. What is and isn't what is and is not a sport. Alright, so the pigeon sport brought him in constant contact with his stepmother, the duo queen, because the pigeons always flew into her apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it was like cricket in Tyler's bedroom or Gordy's closet. What? These pigeons in the duo queen's apartment just always flew there. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like inside? Yeah. It's just like bad luck of where he chases them. Yeah, that's where they feel safest. Oh, maybe she's got seeds lying around. Just loose breads. Yeah. Loose breads and seeds. Maybe she's a very bad housekeeper. Like in my dream. <laughs> What? What? My, I said, yeah, dreaming about bread. Oh, I right. Dream oh, of, I yeah. dream of magic bread. All day. Or any bread, because mm-hmm. I can't eat it, maybe. So you dream of it being loose and just I dream about. of it being, yeah, loose and piled upon the floor. Mm. That would attract a pigeon or right. two. <laughs> yeah. can, you will get pigeons from that. Maybe, word, uh, maybe owls. Word will spread. <laughs> and the pigeons will bring the owls. It's a food chain. Can you call... It starts as bread. Can you... Food chain... What eats owls? I know, I know what you meant by food chain. For a second, I thought you meant like fast food chain. Uh-huh. Like using pigeon meat <laughs> and to attract owls. You Chick- could... Chick-fil-A doesn't have a good direct competitor. I you think did. maybe I think maybe the pigeon hut could be it. <laughs> <laughs> and the... Welcome to Pigeon-fil-A. Pigeon-fil-A, do you want what is basically like varmint meat? <laughs> <laughs> there are thousands of them here. The more you eat on our outdoor vending area, the more of them will come. The fresher it is, yeah. They just have nets <laughs> hanging up near the uh, the play area for the kids, and as the pigeons come swooping in to get that sweet, sweet breadcrumbs, <laughs> they catch in the nets. Do you want to eat? You reel them in. Do you want to eat the grilled, stringy flesh of a bird <laughs> that tastes like it ate a six-day-old bagel? <laughs> I can't remember. Did we talk about how other animals don't eat pigeons that much? I don't remember. I had this conversation with someone recently where like pigeons are are so much the rats of the sky (laughs) (laughs) that they're kind of like the last the last choice Uh for eating. Um, they're ostracized by all other animals. I cannot remember the context of this conversation, but the conclusion was that pigeons were like the like the gas station convenience store that's <laughs> there it's easy mm-hmm. um but you probably want to dine anywhere else unless it's QT. What, so what you're saying is there's a lot of supply and we could keep costs down <laughs> yeah we can that's be what i'm hearing we can be the shadiest fast food restaurant in existence <laughs> so become pigeon farmers <laughs> slash pig filet <laughs> okay keep going Okay, so the first time the pigeons flew into her room, she gave them back to uh, the boy willingly. The second time, she was reluctant to return his pigeons to him. They're his, apparently. Because she wanted to take advantage of the pigeons' weird habit of coming into her apartments for the furtherance of her own selfish means. This is like a baseball going through the old grumpy person's window. Yeah, except it's pigeons going through a hated (laughs) first wife whose reason for being hated might have something to do with having the average housekeeping skills of an outdoor eating venue. Um, so she hates this kid mm-hmm. because the king neglects her even more 
than he already did. And the mother is idolized for having birthed a kid. You did it! And she'd heard somehow about the Fakir's pill that he gave her. Right. The mendicant's medicine. I would like the D-pill. The drugs. She'd also heard that the boy's life was bound up with something, but she didn't know what exactly. She knew he was magic. Yeah. He was a little too pomegranate. Just a just a touch too pomegranate. He had to have some fish magic in him. There was a little something fishy about this boy's origins. And it was magic. She couldn't quite put her finger on what. Uh, so she wanted to get the secret out of him, and these pigeons were her key. The secret? Yeah. Like the book? Yeah, the life secret. Like the book. Yeah. The also, secret. Also she was like gonna that. she was gonna borrow a copy from a bunch of pigeons <laughs> who shared one. She was gonna use the pigeons as the thumbtacks to put a vision board together, because this was before thumbtacks were invented, I think. You just stick a pigeon beak <laughs> yeah. in corkboard. If if you have a bunch of pigeons and none thumbtacks mm-hmm. and you need to put up a vision board to achieve your life goals, you do what you have to. Agreed. It's called determination. You and said- it is a key f- element to success you said that the pigeons were the key and you said it in a sinister way that made me imagine that she was going to torture information out of these pigeons <laughs> as if they knew something well the next time the pigeons flew into her rooms which was probably the next day moments later <laughs> uh she refuses to give them back i don't know by what means she's holding these pigeons doors and walls uh, and windows. Until the boy tells her where his life is. Me. <laughs> it me, bad mom. Me. Bad mother. <laughs> like bad mom is a name. The dark mother. I mean, what does he call her? <laughs> she's no. kind of a mom. Yeah, she's a stepmother. But at the same time as regular mom. The dark mother. <laughs> the dark mom. Yes. <laughs> yeah, how old is he? Is he a three? He might be. He's a pigeon is addictive sport age right so that might be a three it's not, o- it's not older than 10 yeah you ask a three-year-old where is your life like what's like what's going on in your scene right now <laughs> yeah he is he is very confused by this question he has no idea what she means by it mostly like crayons and blues clues pretty much well mostly pigeons <laughs> pigeon clues my life is in pigeon clues. my life is in your room all of the pigeons back, please. Mm-hmm. I would like them back. More games. I'm getting the shakes. Getting the pigeon shakes. <laughs> I haven't touched my pigeons in ten minutes. I I believe that if you started eating pigeon, you could get the pigeon shakes. <laughs> that that is something we should also sell at Pidge Filet, though. Pigeon shakes. Pigeon <laughs> pigeon shakes. Just sort of a blended slurry. Now you are of pigeon parts. You are notoriously antagonized by dairy. I am. Yes. Why would you add pigeon to that? <laughs> Maybe you it know. cancels out. Maybe if you go too far in the horror spectrum, like the gastrointestinal horror spectrum, mm-hmm. it comes out the other side, and you're cured of all diseases. My goal and, is for and it. allergies and intolerances. My goal is for it to come out the other side less. It's like the ultimate cleanse. (laughs) So because she doesn't have an answer for her, she makes him promise to ask his mom what this, where his life is. Uh, Okay, pigeons. Then he needs to come tell her and then he'll he'll get his precious pigeons back. Oh, Oh. can he get half of them up front? (laughs) Yeah, like don't, don't accept payment 
<laughs> all at the end. Because yeah. you never know when the client might run. That's a sucker move, three-year-old. Uh, also, this is our secret, don't tell mom. Which is, as we've discussed on previous episodes, never a good sign. Ask mom, don't tell mom. So he promises on the condition that he gets his pigeons back now. They're going to go back to her room, so she's guaranteed pigeon collateral tomorrow. <laughs> right. Um, so she gives him back the pigeons, and he's so overjoyed to have his birds again that he forgets every syllable of the conversation they just had, furthering <laughs> another three-year-old evidence now she may know that the pigeons will return but that is some shrewd negotiating from a toddler <laughs> like no 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 i need the pigeons now well he's a, a master negotiator because the next day the pigeons again fly into her room and he goes in to get them and she says well would you find out yeah spill the beans and he says oh i f- i forgot it <laughs> whoopsie clums oh kid <laughs> But I will ask her today. Um, and she's like, all right, well, no pigeons for you. But he like he begs until she can't stand it anymore and gives him the birds back. This is a very three-year-old kind of move, yeah. <laughs> um, so after he's done playing with the birds, because priorities, he does go to his mom and asks her, hey, mom, where my life is at? And she is surprised to get this question from him, as you probably would be. Um, and yeah, I mean, asks every parent. by that. Every parent knows you have to have that conversation with the kid eventually. Uh, so where he, do where do babies come from? Expanded. He edition. explains that he's he's heard where he came from via the holy man and the pill. So he's he's gone to the internet. He's found out how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but he knows that there's this other part he doesn't get. And, and so she says, "Well, sweet cupcake, don't ask questions like that. <laughs> let the mouth of my enemies be covered with ashes, and let my dalim live forever." But he keeps insisting, and he has apparently mastered the child's art of obnoxious begging because after he refuses to eat or drink anything till she tells him, she gives in. So he probably like held his breath too, you know, that good old toddler move. <laughs> um, so she tells him the whole story. And the next day, the pigeons once again fly into Duo Mom's room, and she manages to extort the secret from him in exchange for pigeons. Life for pigeons. Good deal for him. I mean, he doesn't care about that dumb old fish. It doesn't even have wings. So she lost no time in her malicious design. She told her maidservants to go get some dried hemp stalks, which are very brittle, and when you press on them, they sound like the cracking of bone joints. Uh Uh-oh. She put these under her mattress, and she lies down on it and pretends she is dangerously ill. Whoa! The king, though he didn't love her as well as his other queen... Fucking who cares? (laughs) He was duty-bound. To attend to her in these last potential moments of her life. Trying to avoid a lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, so she Paying her family less money when she dies or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she pretended her bones were all cracking. And she like rolled around on the hip. Like, Whoa! So that it proved it. Like breaking? Like cracking. You know like cracking knuckles? Yeah. I'm yeah. A, yeah, I'm familiar. But all so, the bones. Yeah, like everything's doing that all the time. And just she's not like, even at, yeah. Like teeth to toes. Just <laughs> just <laughs> cracking up a storm. Uh, uh, so the king orders his best physician to come attend her. And she is in collusion with this physician. Because she apparently has been laying tracks of this, this plan. She probably does have friggin' pigeons seen all through her room just to make sure they come in there. <laughs> um... So the physician said that the only cure 
for what ails her was the application of something that they would find in the large bowl fish in the palace tank. You gotta gut that fish, king. So they call the king's fisherman. Good title to have, I guess. And he goes and catches the fish. Well, it's in a tank. Yeah, but it's like a big one. Put your hand in and pick the fish up. Or drain it. Right. Like cut a small hole in the bottom. Push the tank over. And just, just let it like <laughs> leak smash out the tank. until there's just a fish left. I, I do not know what old fish tanks look like. Um, the description makes it sound like this is dug into, a gro- into the ground, so this could be another translation thing, too. Excavate it. Yeah, you're excavating a fish. You need a, a master fisherman for that. Um, so you it need, happened that you Dalian, need one stick of dynamite. <laughs> Dalian was playing with some other boys near this tank. And a hillbilly fist. <laughs> and the moment that the bull fish was caught in the net, he started to feel a little unwell. When the fish was brought up to land, he fell on the ground and acted as though he was about to breathe his last. So this is Dragonheart, but a fish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I fell asleep before any portion of that movie mattered. She <laughs> missed Sean Connery. It was pretty early. Yeah, it was a very... Uh, I was learning the sword fight that week. I was really tired. <laughs> um, so he was taken to his mother's room, and the king was astonished at the sudden illness of his heir, but he had to like deal with the previous engagement first, so... Sick kid and sick wife. Oof. Oof. Kingy's, Kingy's gonna need a vacation. <laughs> Wow, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know the king's catchphrase. Wow, whoa, whoa. They worked really hard on that one. Like, that went through focus groups. It did. Audiences responded to wow, wow, whoa. I'm sure, it was a, a fear laugh, but <laughs> it was the most they had ever gotten from an audience. <laughs> Um, so the fish was taken to the room of the duo queen, and as it lay on the floor, slapping against the ground, Dalim was given up for lost in his own room. The fish was cut open, the casket was found inside, and the necklace was found in the casket. The moment that duo put this necklace on was the moment that Dalim died in his mother's room. Oh no! Pomegranate boy, he never got his pigeons back the sixth time. <laughs> Only the first five. He was buried with his pigeons. Oh, he was <laughs> the pigeons who strove so hard to get away from him in life were now stuck with him forever in death. I forgot the obituary word. What? <laughs> I think somebody wrote an obituary and he's oh he's survived by his pigeons. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Survived by his pigeons who loved him. <laughs> Uh, when the news of the death of his son and heir reached the king, he was plunged into an ocean of grief, and he did not give a shit about the duo queen's recovery. Did not matter. Not a salve to his wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so deeply wrapped up in grief that he would not allow the body of his son to be either buried or burnt, and ordered it to be removed to a garden house in the suburbs of the city. So I guess he wouldn't have to look at it all the time, but he could just pretend his son had gone off to college. Um, he ordered that Ghost all, all sorts of provisions would be stowed in the house as though the prince needed them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ordered that the house was locked up day and night, and only Dalim's best friend, the son of his prime minister, was allowed to enter it and only once a day. So the king himself didn't even want to like go check on his son. He just wanted to pretend his son was like had moved out of the house. He wanted to send another toddler to check on the body. Has to grow up eventually. Uh, so the Sua Queen retired to her own room and like just didn't factor into things anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, 
So the king now gave his knights entirely to the duo queen. <laughs> Trying to get another son out of the deal. Um, but not one of his. What? It would be his son. That's how that works. I put a K on the knights. Oh. I thought, I thought it was a stag situation. <laughs> oh, no. Not Knigget's. Um, Late evening. So when he'd go visit her, she would put away the gold necklace to allay any suspicion that she had anything to do with this kid's death. Not that I know if the king has any idea what his son's situation is. I don't know what the communication via wife to king would have been. Um, But while Dalim was dead, while the necklace was worn, when it was set aside, he came back to life. Yeah. All the way? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he's fine. So long as she's not touching it. Okay. Um, so every Go night on. he would revive, mm-hmm. and every morning he'd die again. Is he very confused? <laughs> I think probably <laughs> in the beginning, yes. It's a lot to adjust to. Yeah. Remember that movie, Fifty First Dates? Should yep. remake it. <laughs> but about a boy who's a three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's yes. died 50 times. Yeah, still maybe... Played by Adam Sandler, maybe not. Adam Sandler could pull off a three. I want to see Adam Sandler die 50 times. <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie pitch. <laughs> 50 first deads. <laughs> 50 first deads. Hold on. Adam Sandler's going to die how many times? <laughs> yeah, that's that's more Adam Sandler deaths per minute than any other film. <laughs> you have all my fun. That's a, that's a chart topper. <laughs> That's a one-sentence elevator pitch that will get you through any door. Has he ever died in a movie? I was going to say, I don't think so. I can't remember any, but I am I am not a uh, Adam Sandler aficionado. I mean, technically, he goes to heaven for a little bit in Little Nicky. Yeah. But that one's all about, like, heaven and hell and shit. Yeah. At night, Dolly and Did you wonder- not want to hear more about Adam Sandler's film, Little Nicky? <laughs> Some <laughs> galore? <laughs> Behind it, some of I'm his good. less talked about films. Does he die you, fifty times? Nah. Then I do not care. You don't want to dig into Adam Sandler's back catalog. I don't. I want to get through this story and go to bed. Um, <laughs> at night, he ate whatever food he liked because his it was stocked up. Yeah, his garden house was kept pizza like, rolls. They had a regular Costco delivery. Um, Gummy snacks. And he'd walk around meditating on his whole situation because I'm sure. Dying and undying every night and day makes you a little philosophical. Uh, his friend, however, would only visit him during the day, so he only saw him dead. But he did, after a time, notice and was a little weirded out by the fact that the body was not corpsifying as expected. And also it had, like, food crumbs on it. <laughs> and there's like, fruit roll-up wrappers all around it. And it was not in the same place, ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different pose <laughs> and like place, like different room every single time. That it's is weird. That is a good point because it's not like he would know when she's going to touch the necklace again. So he can't just. He would just flop over wherever. <laughs> Ooh, that's odd. I don't like that. So the friend decided to start paying a little closer attention to the whole body situation and maybe check in at different times as mm-hmm. well. See what's going on. And the first night that he visits, he is very surprised to see his dead friend sauntering around in the garden. He was a four, so he knows how to sneak out at night. Yeah. <laughs> he is a mature and worldly four. He's been around. He's learned. He'd been around the block a few times. He thought maybe it was a ghost, but when he like went to go greet him, the his friend is definitely fleshy. So Dalim tells him the whole story of like the fish and the heart and the whatnot. 
and they both conclude that the necklace is being taken off for the king boinking and that they also need to get that back. So they try to hatch a plot, but one of them's a three and dead half the time and the other's a four. So, so it's not good. It is, it is indeed Just not limited, good. Limited skill set between the two. Um, so night after night they think about it, but they can't come up with a scheme to get a necklace away from a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the gods apparently get bored of this situation. The gods do? Yeah. <laughs> this used to be my favorite show. It's kind of stagnating. Not a lot of character development going on these days. Yeah, I let's, feel like they... Let's drop in a bit of deus ex machina. Yeah, we gotta we move this along. need to get into some new areas. Uh, so retroactively, mm-hmm. a solution's created by the gods. Some years before the time that this story has taken place, the sister of Pitata Purusha, who is the deity that predetermines all the events of anyone's life and writes on the forehead of a child on the sixth day of their birth a brief summary. Of of, their life? Yeah, of what's going to happen to them. That's their warranty. (laughs) (laughs) Their forehead warranty. It's their disclaimer. Their their user agreement. (laughs) It's Um, a kid, Eula. So his sister has a daughter, and the anxious mother like bugs her brother about what he'd written on her kid's forehead. And I said, you're not going to like it. <laughs> uh, she's going to marry a dead dude. And the mother is like, no. I don't like it. <laughs> but she knows that her brother is stubborn about this whole life fate job of his and takes it seriously and doesn't bend the rules just because they're family. So it's written on the forehead and that's it. I don't know how much choice he had, like active choice he makes if he's just like, you know what? This is for making my he-man action figures where barbie i don't know what i don't i don't have a brother i don't know you're not saying it's spiteful yeah like hands are tied this is for throwing my tamagotchi in the lake your daughter's (laughs) gonna marry a corpse love your i will it to be uh so she resigned to watching her daughter just grow super hot and then get sad about her having to marry a corpse and waste all this like pretty face (laughs) (laughs) you've wasted my bodacious daughter (laughs) <laughs> I worked hard on that one. <laughs> Blown, blew the daughter potential. Potential daughter? Uh, so when the girl had reached marriageable <laughs> age, the mom had decided she's going to try and like get around this by fleeing the country. Because corpses, you know, they don't exist in other countries. I don't know what her plan is here. Just the one. Um, but you can't fight fate. And that's probably especially true if fate is determined by your brother. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, hard if if fate is determined by somebody who knows you pretty well and and can like directly personally observe whether <laughs> whether it's affecting you properly or not. It's like it's like being married to a cop. I I would guess and trying to like break some petty laws. <clears throat> uh, so on their way out of the country, they did arrive at this garden house where the dead boy lives, and uh, it was early evening, and the, they were resting on the gate of the garden. And the girl was really thirsty and wanted to get some water. So her mom tells her to stay put here. She's going to go like ask someone in a hut to give them some water. Uh, but the girl gets curious and pushes through the, gar- the door of the garden house to go in and see the beautiful space within. And when she tries to like turn around and get back out of the garden, the door shuts itself and would not let her out. Those pesky gods. So night came. And the prince revived. He walks around as usual. and then Is he aging properly? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, we we set the age at a three. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how old he's actually supposed to be. I mean, all signs point to three. Regardless of the threeness or not. <laughs> 
like being dead half the time that would fuck with that i think the aging does yeah. he yeah does he age a little bit and then decompose a little bit is he is he stagnating yeah, yeah does he just is decomposition like a different kind of aging yeah it's, in a way it's oppa aging like he's not growing any any taller but he is growing frailer like an old skeleton shrink <laughs> Tyler science fact. I've seen it. You've seen one shrink? Yeah, as it gets deader. What crimes have you been doing? That one. Oh, Silas? Yeah. He shrinks? As he gets deader. He's lost a tooth and his leg does fall off a lot. He shrinks a little bit every year. He lost that tooth height. (laughs) Um, So he sees this hot chick hanging out by his gate. That's unusual. So he goes and he asks her who she is. And instead of... You know, giving him a name that would make the rest of the story a lot easier to track. She just tells him her whole life story, including that she's like, I'm just gonna, I'm a girl who's gonna marry a dead dude. My mom decided we're gonna try and bail on that. Um, we're road tripping our way away from fate, and she went to get water. That's who I am. I have met people like this who, instead of just giving you their it name, is, it is a chore sometimes <laughs> being, being. Of the introverted persuasion and just having limited energy to spend on this, like on the people who do not know how to summarize. You get this a lot when you're a vendor, too. Like there's something about being behind a table at an event that makes people unleash their entire medical history at you. You mean being a captive audience? Can we can we start implementing data caps on people? Data caps? <laughs> like a phone? I mean... Like if you exceed the data cap, you have to start handing me dollar bills as you yes. keep talking. Yes, yes, please. For me to maintain interest in whatever the fuck you're saying. That would be pretty great, actually. I would happily be paid. That that would be good. There are That's basically like being a therapist. Like just you unqualified. Have, you have reached the level of my concentration. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to need some incentive like, to provide yeah, like, more. Like first it gets real slow where you just, your gaze is actively wandering <laughs> off of them and they have to pay more money to resume average speed service. <laughs> <laughs> you maintain eye contact and the occasional nod. I mean, as they like give you money, that can be exchanged for food, which is energy. Yeah. So they are just kind of replenishing what they're taking. Right. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Dalim says, well, that's a cool story. I'm dead. You should just marry me. We'll get this sorted out right quick. Come come to my house. And she says, well, how are you dead? You're talking to me. And he says, you'll understand later. <laughs> Why it's did... pretty trippy, but just wait and see. Did she say she was dead? No, she said she had to marry a corpse. That's okay. how she introduced yes, herself. that's right. That's her like speed dating pitch. Um, that's a threat. <laughs> that, in that, in that, that, that situation. Actually, that would be a great way. To, like, get a guy off your back. <laughs> it's I like, have I'm to... fated to marry a corpse, so unless you want to be one. It is probably a good way to get most guys off your back. I fear that, like, that one in a hundred yeah, is going to become a real problem. Well, there's going to be pedants who are just going to be like, we're all going to die someday. <laughs> sure. Then you're like, you're killing me. I don't get hit on very often <laughs> for reasons. You're killing me. <laughs> Money, please. <laughs> I don't know why that got me so hard. 
<laughs> Do you want to see that in action, though? <laughs> All right, so he says, you'll understand later. Come follow me. So she she does follow him into the house, because I guess no one teaches you stranger danger when they figure you're going to marry a dead dude anyway. Like, what's the point? Sure. <laughs> you're probably already screwed. <laughs> Just let nature take its course. <laughs> So the prince gives her some food, and her mom comes back to, like, the garden gate where she left her kid, and she can't find her anymore, and so she goes searching every hut in the area for her, and it is said that she was not seen anywhere after this. So, like, there are swallows mom up. She doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) The story does not want to deal with that loose end. Swell. So she vanishes into the night. (laughs) Um, So the hot girl's feasting is interrupted by the arrival of Dalim's friend, who is then introduced to her by her entire life story. Um, and they're like... Never a name. No, no name. She is girl fated to marry corpse. That's her name. Um, well, when the gods invented her to solve his problem, <laughs> they didn't think about that part. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when when I, he hears about the corpse thing, he's like, well, cool. Let's Let's just have a wedding then. That's the hip teen thing to do. Now I'm imagining them as teenagers yeah. at this point in the story by how they're acting. This is the Warm Bodies prequel. It's actually an okay movie. Uh, they can't get a priest in on this deal for obvious reasons, so luckily there is a, a version of the wedding ceremony in Hinduism. Like There are six different valid weddings, and one of them just involves exchanging a garland, and that is a very teen-friendly wedding. Hmm. And it's something you can do on a teen budget with a teen attention span. Sure so. is. So that's the one they go with. Um, so after the teen wedding, the friend leaves so they can do the rest of the wedding stuff. Mm. Uh, and they do keep each other up for most of the night. So it is... Teens, well, turn this off right now. This is bad teening. You're, <laughs> they're doing teen bad. <laughs> this is how you teen wrong. Um, teens, so, if you're still here, you're cool. You're the good ones. You're the cool teens. That's the secret. <laughs> We know those other square teens. Just, you're, just be safe. You're the hop, <laughs> you're the hopping teens. All right, so um, it's long after sunrise before she wakes up because yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, and then she okay. finds a corpse next to her and panics. Yeah. Well, he did warn her, right? No, he just said you'll see what you'll I mean. You'll figure it out. He didn't give her the specifics. No, he was like, okay. now nah, you'll well, find out. But he he did say like I'm dead half the time. No, he, no, he just, just said, said I'm dead. I'm dead, and she's like, "How?" And he's like, "Yeah, you'll see." Still, I feel I like mean, she should be on her toes yeah, looking you, for you, something. You have been warned that something's amiss. <laughs> Red flags have been raised. You went through with a teen wedding anyway. Like, Teens, you know, this is why you don't get married at this age, like, or immediately after you meet someone. Like you know, he's dead. So it seems like you shouldn't be like that shocked when you find a corpse. Oh uh, yeah, she. But she is. Um, so she panics. And <laughs> <That's>, she, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the headliner for all of these stories. Is like you it shouldn't, shouldn't be that way, but it is. <laughs> you shouldn't. But here we go. <laughs> Away. <laughs> um. So she panics and she's running around, like grabbing her hair, beating her chest, all the the standard freaking out things. Like panic. Yeah, uh, she doesn't even have Dalim's friend to like 
reassure Explain. her and let her know what's going on because he has decided that it is improper for him to visit his friend's wife while his friend is a corpse. Yeah, those mm. are rules. That's <laughs> that's how uh, you can't just hang out with your friend's wife while your friend is dead. Yep, that's, that's a way to justify happens. not taking responsibility. <laughs> what would people think? Uh, so that night, the dead husband comes alive again, embraces his t- disconsolate wife... Was she still running and pounding? Pro- probably, yeah. Wailing, panicking. Yeah. I mean, she's been married and trapped in this garden with a corpse. To my knowledge, the door had not yet opened to let her out. Also, her mom has been eaten by the nighttime. Yep. <laughs> so Swallowed up by the darkness, like King Mickey. No. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'll explain later. Um, so they eat and drink and are merry, and the friend comes back, and they all have a party all night, and I guess that means she's cool with this situation now that she's been exposed because, to it. Because they party danced all night? Yeah, that's how you solve teen problems. <laughs> party dance all night. Got it. Um, so they work out a life that works for them for six or seven or eight years, like some odd number of years. But I guess she becomes nocturnal. Yeah, I was going to say, she's, she needs to... Sleep during the day. And she does bear him two sons who are both a spinning image of their father. Also dead? Part dead? Nah, still all alive. Just normal humans? There's kind of a weird link yeah. going on here between pomegranates and, like, visitation marriages. That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a weird coincidence to yeah. see that pop up again. Um, just so you know, no one else knows that Dalim is living, in case you were wondering... But Dalim's wife was really aching to meet her mother-in-law. I think there's like usually a whole family unit. And also now she has kids. And yeah. I think. Would like some support. Yeah. Like that. America has been unusual in the fact that we isolate our moms alone with their their screaming proto-humans. Uh, and most cultures for all of history have had like a whole support system in place that doesn't cost you more than your rent. I was going to say daycare is totally a thing, but <laughs> but yeah, pricey. I mean, Norman Reedus has that like tube thing that he carries the baby in. That's true. You can handle that till they're like five or so. I and guess then. that's a child care plan. Do you think he showed that to Kojima and that's where the idea for the game came from? I could not begin to guess where the idea for Death Stranding came from. Like the two of them got drunk one night and Norman Reedus is like, come back to my place. I have something to show you. You're, you're going to like this, Kojima. I got a baby okay. in a tank. So his, uh, Dalim and his friend have probably just given up on this whole get the necklace back notion because they thought about it for a few days and they didn't come up with an idea. So it's time to think about other things like other cool pigeon sports to play maybe. I don't know. Yes. Um, pigeon but the, sports. the wife sets herself to coming up with a plan to not only see her mother-in-law and start building that support network because... Two kids is a lot of responsibility when your husband's dead half the time. Um, (laughs) He can't get up in the middle of the night. Like, you can't do that it's your turn trade-off thing when he's a corpse. Um, So she also really wants to get that necklace back. It's been a fun seven, eight years, but it's time Time to to solve some problems. Yeah. She gave it a good shot. Time for some forward momentum. So she got the consent of her husband and for some reason also his friend to disguise herself as a female barber. Uh-huh. Uh, and this, I think, is another translation error because it, it has nothing to do with, like, hair. Um, but she took the standard barbering tools, which were an iron instrument for paring nails, another for scraping off. You know, I was hoping that these would come into play. They don't. 
She has a barber kit. She's got tools. Uh, the barber kit. Beautification. For the specific job she does mostly deals with feet and caring for them and, and painting them. Like the traditional red painting on yeah. the feet. Um, so she's taken as a barber to the Suo Queen who and brings her sons along with her for this task. And the queen instantly falls in love with the boys because they remind her of her own son. But she doesn't know, obviously. And she He told- died when he was a three. <laughs> <laughs> He he had a pigeon in his hand. Uh, she told the barber that she didn't require her services because she had given up on terrestri- terrestrial vanities like dyeing her feet after her son had died, but she would be happy to see them more because she enjoyed their company. So the female barber, for so we must now call her because she was never given a name, story calls this out here but doesn't solve the issue. Uh, she goes to Duo's quarters to offer her services. Uh, the Duo Queen is pleased with it and orders for her to wait on her periodically. Good service. Please come back. Nothing came of them fucking every day and night for like seven to eight years. Again, it took a D-pill. <laughs> it's probably not the queens who are barren. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that part. <laughs> um, so when the female barber comes back for her second visit to the Duo Queen... She orders on the way her eldest son to just start crying and not stop until he gets that necklace. So she's going to use her husband's patented three-year-old bargaining chip, teach it to her son, and let the the good old family wail. She hands him a cookie and says, just do your thing. (laughs) Do what you do best. (laughs) I know you have it in you. (laughs) You've been practicing for this moment. For moment, seven to eight years. The moment you In were, every grocery store. The moment you were training Every for. toy store. Every time I just wanted a quick bite to eat at a restaurant. Um, so while she serves the duo queen, he starts a major tantrum. And he starts demanding the necklace. And the queen doesn't want to part with it. She says it's the most valuable of her jewels. But after some time, she agrees to just let him hold it. Because, good lord, it's too much... I'm trying to get my feet painted. (laughs) Chill. Um, So after the barber had finished her work, the queen wanted her necklace back, and the boy starts the tantrum up again. The barber pretends to attempt to snatch it from him, and he wails louder and wouldn't let it go. So the barber asks her majesty if she would be gracious enough to let the boy take the necklace home. He's going to go down for a nap in a like within the hour like <laughs> let me get him home and in bed i'll come right back I will, I will sneak it away from him and i will very carefully bring it back to you um so the queen sees the boy is not going to part with the necklace and she figures that dalim is long dead and, and buried so she is it's been seven to eight years <laughs> she's willing to go along with this plan so the wife rushes with her kids back to the garden house and just gives the necklace to dalim and their friend says hey cool that's solved Let's go to the palace tomorrow and get all fancy and present ourselves to the the king and queen. So they all think this is a grand idea. And they... What's up, mom and dad? I'm not dead and I'm teen married. (laughs) (laughs) Living life. We're young adult married now. So they can rent a car, or in this case an elephant, because they're 25 probably. I have two sons not dead. (laughs) So they get a, a fancy elephant for Dalim to ride, a pair of ponies for the two boys, and some kind of litter called a, a chaturdala that's furnished with gold lace for the princess. That's a fucking posse to ride up in. <laughs> yeah. Then they sent word ahead so that like no one would get a heart attack and die <laughs> to let him know, like, hey, your son's alive and he's coming 
coming home. And also, he's got a wife and son, so like, prep yourself for that. <laughs> so the king and queen hardly believe that this is true, but when they're told by his friend that, yeah, no, totally. Um, Does Duo hear it and just goes like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck that so, necklace. Damn it. So Suo and the king are joyful, and Duo is quite overwhelmed with grief, realizing that she's been had and is probably about to get hers. I've been had by a tantruming child. Again. You pulled one over on me, and not for the first time. <laughs> I've risked all and lost. <laughs> so yeah, there's the procession and the reunion. And then Dalim tells the whole story about his death and the necklace and all that. The king ragefully orders the duo queen into his presence, then has a hole dug deep as the height of a man into the ground. And I hope he just made her watch this happen, because this is probably not a quick process to dig (laughs) like a six and a half foot hole. Um, Then they put her into the hole standing, a heap prickly thorn around her, and in this manner they buried her alive. And the story ends with some kind of song, presumably from the perspective of the duo queen. It says, Thus my story endeth, the Natia thorn withereth. Why, O Natia thorn, dost thou wither? Why does thy cow on me browse? Why, O cow, dost thou browse? Why does thy neat herd not tend me? Why, O neat herd, dost thou not tend the cow? Why does thy daughter-in-law not give me rice? (laughs) Why, O daughter-in-law, dost not give me rice? Why does my child cry? Why, O child, dost thou cry? Why does the ant bite me? Oh, why, oh, ant, dost thou bite? Coot, coot, coot. The end. See, she's on my side. Yeah? Just ask why. (laughs) Endlessly. (laughs) Endlessly. Until someone tells you. And that is life's secret. Huh. I've forgotten that part. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I almost wish you hadn't said it again. Because I was perfectly happy to just just let that go into the recesses of my memory. But now I have to think about it again. Hmm. So what what secrets did you guys learn that will help you go through your lives? You said a lot of words (laughs) over the course of this story. And I, I don't know how many of them I could string together. Maybe because it's past 10 o'clock at night, but... I'm not sure how many I could string together into, like, a useful life lesson. Stay away from pigeons. Yeah, don't, like, don't touch wild birds, but I know that already. That is a good life secret. I think the overall life secret is that sticking to your guns in the middle of a tantrum gets you what you want. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know. Do the, not break, kids out there. I don't know that that's the message I want to send out into the world. Kids, it's you will a, win. It's we not promise. a good one. It is a true one. It is It is often a true one. Like, you can psychologically break the people around you mm-hmm. into getting the pigeons and necklaces you want. <laughs> yes, you can. You can. And, All and, your worldly desires. And that is the secret. Don't be petty. How? I mean, she. The, I know that she is the not loved one. Right. And that sucks. I feel for you. Yeah, you're known to history as the the not loved. Yeah, but don't take that out on the kid of the loved one, I guess. Don't fill your room with bread and seeds. Right. Because the, is the pigeon shit really worth this revenge? <laughs> Some of these things, like, it's, I guess it's fine advice, but if you are living your life in such a way that that is a common occurrence, <laughs> then maybe more than that is wrong. Yeah. 
Um, I think this is a Birdfall tie-in. Yeah? Because if you remove our addition that she purposefully lured pigeons into her apartment, the pigeons are described as going in there of their own agency. Yeah. This is a magical boy. Yeah. A pomegranate boy. The pigeons are trying to get him killed. They don't want him to be king. Right. But he does it anyway. Yeah, because yeah. like other magical force, in this case, the gods, which would not be a magical force, but if we like, sure, if we reinterpret this tale separate from existing religions, <coughs> which is how we typically have to do it, like we take it into our own context, sure, and world where the the, um, the gods are more fairy-like beings rather than actual deities. So especially since a lot of tales tended to like old folk tales from before established religious major religions mm-hmm. uh, tended to get reworked into religious terms like the Virgin Mary. Sure. Um, and Hinduism is an incredibly old religion. So that's probably not specifically the case here. But we have precedent to <laughs> ignore the religious undertones of a story for the sake of our ongoing narrative. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying, if I can boil it down to its base point is that our podcast is Kingdom Hearts for fairy tales. No, I will never say that. So we take a bunch of stories and we put them all together in a way that they make less sense than they used to, and then we put anime in it. You're I not wrong. I think we make more sense out of them overall. I mean, we've had some misses. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, I think back to an early episode where we used the phrase, a lost and confused time-traveling Larry Bird. <laughs> It just like kind of pops into my head. I'm just like, I wish I could remember the context for that. But it is something that we talked about. Probably extensively. (laughs) But I I see your point. I don't like it, but I see it. Like they are discrete stories, but they're interconnected by anime bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, basically. Okay, fine. If you put it that way, I can accept it. (laughs) Yeah. I I refuse to accept King Mickey, though. But yeah, essentially we have a magical boy brought to Earth by magical means and whose kingdom is restored also by magic. Yeah. And then we have birds in the story who are distinctly unmagic who make sure repeatedly to keep the boy in contact with the one person who wants to assassinate him and then continue to return to her until the assassination is complete and then they vanish. My favorite part of the story this time is that we got a, a lady magic to being because his stoner friend like couldn't get off his ass to do anything to save his friend. So they had yeah. to make a new like a new person. They went back in time and made a person to solve his problems in the future. Yes. And just wrote on her forehead, you go marry this dude because mm-hmm. we need someone who can hatch a plan. The stoner friend is entirely superfluous to this tale. Like, you go remove him and nothing changes. Right. He is there to witness a garland wedding. So, cool three-year-old, cool teens. Birds want him dead. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, No one had too much personality in this to, like, dig into. Tantrums was the only real thing. Fish. Fish. What's what's up with that? So, we know it's a thing for giants. Mm-hmm. To put their hearts and in other things. Well, maybe for Koshay. This was actually suggested as a potential Koshay origin story, but I don't really feel that out of it. Um, don't cause, either. Because one of our, yeah, his attitude's not quite. It's weird to think of Boney, Boney as a three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that doesn't. But one I, of our... I see. I see where the thought is, but I don't. I don't get that myself. 
One of our explanations for Koshe's animal A-team encounter with the heart was that he had, in fact, just set up a giant to die. I fucking love that. <laughs> had you forgotten that? I did forget that, but that's amazing. Because we, <laughs> we had seen the, the giant heart thing over and over right. and over again. Um, but he we fucking had... faked it <laughs> and killed a giant. Yeah. I totally forgot See, that, like, and like, I still love it, apparently. Like, like That's a bony move. <laughs> that is a very bony thing. So I think that's how it, because he's the deathless, so he wouldn't have right. a life put anywhere. What episode was that? Um, is that, that the very first one? This is Breadtown, is is the first Koshe encounter we had. Also, Bread, you say? Also uh-huh. the first Animal A-Team encounter we had. Okay, I'll have to re-listen to that one. Uh, this some is dreamy Breadtown. Bread. That there was something about having to like build a castle replica out of bread for some reason. Yeah. It's like a, that was one of the tasks. A food network challenge. I remember Breadtown. <laughs> coming back to me but I, sh- I should revisit that one yeah that was that was Boney's first introduction and i think he just killed a random giant for what purpose uh to like the zarevna frog just to do was it. beholden to him and then the hero had to like rescue her from him so he he set up a giant to die so that the hero could feel like he succeeded and he could go back yeah. to watching Netflix with his horse buddy. Yeah, there's that's like that's the bony twist that you need. <laughs> so I don't see this as a, a bony boy, but there is <laughs> is there is something to having his heart or his life outside of him. Is he a giant? He might be like a proto giant or giant blood, maybe. He came from a pill. He did come from a pill. I don't know if we've seen any other beings who have their lives horcruxed away. Yeah. It's mostly just been giants. Yeah. Don't remember offhand. I'm going to put this as delicately as I can possibly put it. Okay. Did that pill have giant spunk in it? (laughs) Has to be considered, I guess. I hope not. It's a very delicate word. It's as delicately as I could possibly put it. (laughs) That's all I got in me. Can't help you there. Other than that's would be upsetting. <laughs> uh, the thing to argue against Giant is that he's supposed to be supernaturally handsome as well, which is a little bit more fairy realm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is like set pre fairy giant split. I don't know. Who's pomegranate looking? Pomegranate flower. Yeah. Which is a very red flower. So like the watercolor illustrator decided to go with like white flowers, which is lame. That's the opposite. Lame hmm. and, and probably racist in origin. <laughs> probably. But this is these are the pomegranate flowers. They're very like orange red. Yeah, yeah imagined kind of like a sun kissed look. Yeah. That's not a color you want in any human. But maybe a giant. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's just the power of suggestion. Like, this kid's going to be hot. He'll look like a an orange flower. He's going to be real smoking. Draws the eye. It's true. Maybe he's just got, like, really good bone structure. And very red. Yeah. And you can overlook the bre- the red because those cheekbones, though. Oh, we're going to have to put a, a pen in this one. Figure out what the origins are. Maybe check it against the other fish boys. Fish boys. Or just, like... Heart, or I guess Horcruxes elsewhere. Yeah. Souls placed elsewhere. See who matches up. Yeah. So if you know of anybody whose soul is in a Horcrux who is not a giant, let us know so that we can maybe start adding some more pins to our giant conspiracy wall, which we really should just put up on the wall. All right. Any other major questions? I think Mm, I'm good. I'm good. This was a failed Project Birdfall mission. In that we didn't learn anything. (laughs) 
Knowing that the birds didn't succeed and the magic ah. boy became king anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Don't often see those. Yeah, they thought but they I guess succeeded birds for are, like almost 10 years. So. Birds are fallible as well. That's the, more than the lifespan of most birds. So <laughs> <laughs> once you completed, the pigeons who completed the mission were like, yeah, we did it. And they pigeon high-fived and then went to go spread some bird flu somewhere. Maybe that's why, because they just forgot about that one. They yeah. thought it was like done and dusted. Yeah, they put a pin in it. They had surveillance for a little while, but... Most birds are not nocturnal. Yeah, so. he's way dead every day. Yeah. Seems fine. <laughs> Onwards. And yeah, they they got one over on the birds. Alrighty. Well, uh, thank you to Alicia for suggesting this one. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you to I Am the Whisper Biscuit for sponsoring this one. We definitely went off the rails there a couple times. <laughs> thank you, Whisper Biscuit. Thank you, Whisper Biscuit. And thank you to all of our patrons who keep our our days full of fun conversations and help keep our show running forward. Come join us. Thank you for buying us a horse, which Thanks. you definitely did. <laughs> Thanks for buying us a horse. It will not win, but thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you to our top tier patrons, Sarah, Robert, Haley, Whisper Biscuit, executive producer, Timothy, Dom, Justin, Jeremiah, Lily, Jenna, Jen, and Heather. Thank you, patrons. Thank you. Thank you, patrons. And thank you always, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, John Waterbottle. Thank, thank you, John, John Waterbottle. Thank you, Roll Doll. Thank, thank you, Roll Doll. Thank you, The Neon. Thank you, The Neon. Thank you, Knives. Thank you, Knives. Thank you, King's First Disappointment. Thank, thank you, King's, King's First Disappointment. First Disappointment. It'll be a fun race to watch. Thank you, Yonder Toad. Thank you, Yonder Toad. Thank you, Yonder Toad. Keeping us safe from afar. We're about the folklore. That's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.